Hello, car fans. We are back again, despite the dang Corona virus lockdown. I think we're uh, going to be going through uh, stay-at-home orders here in uh, LA again, but um, we are diligent and we are motivated to bring you the best. And we have one of the best guests, I think, ever now this week with uh, Mr. Matt Farah. Uh, hey, Matt. Known hey, guys. For the How are you all doing? Uh, <laughs> good, Matt. And... Um, and we are joined, all, as always, by uh, James McKeown of No Breaking uh, Podcast and Taro Koki, the president of GT Channel, who makes all this thing happen. Guys. So you guys all doing good? You guys, uh, there's fires, there's COVID, there's all kinds of stuff happening around Southern California right now. So, And then, you know, Matt's got about millions and millions of dollars of cars behind him. So I wonder <laughs> if he's getting any nervous at all. So... Um, we will uh, first start with that, Matt. How, how's it going over there? Well, I mean, inside my bunker, it's just fine. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, my, uh, my new place, Westside Collector Car Storage here in Playa Vista. We've been open three months. So thanks for the, the plug and the opportunity to talk about it. Um, it's, uh, it's going very well. We've got uh, over 70 cars in the building. Uh, our capacity is around 100 and between 110 120 cars for uh for operating capacity and so i think for three months in we're doing well and people are getting services and paint corrections and all kind of good stuff and um and so you know uh as, as we're uh, we're we're lucky our staff is small we get to stay you know fairly spread apart from each other we don't have to be in each other's grills all the time so we've been able to keep things very safe around here and um you know, cars are uh, one of the things that people can be enjoying during these uh, these annoying ass times. So, I think that if you look at what's happening in Malibu on a Sunday in the canyons or whatever, I think people are out enjoying their cars. And so, if you're in the business of cars in Southern California right now, it's it's actually all right. Well, yeah, it seems to be a good time to be in that work, right? It's not I mean, the so, it's not the worst. Sorry, James. I was gonna uh, bring you right in, but go ahead. <laughs> no, it's quite all right, Sam. I know I you like to come me up at any given opportunity. one of Matt's biggest fans out here is James McKeown of No Breaking. I think you've been a guest. Hi, on James. Show. Yeah. So, and then James has questions for you. See how James? How I segue right into you? You gotta give me. A you did. You did, Sam. You managed to insert yourself in there as you always like to do. But Matt, I What's mean, obviously. Buddy? It's good. It's good. It's good to see. I mean, we talked obviously about this one on a previous podcast with Peterson with Car Stories when he was still in those three years ago, it will be now, and we're still going through the, the extent of this process for the West Side mm -hmm. Collector Car Storage. But I mean, the place looks incredible. We've seen the videos online, the walkthroughs that you've given. But how did it originally come about? I mean, what was the, the, pre uh, the your presence of mind that was like to sort of kick this all off and get the ball rolling? Uh, I mean, very straightforward, really. I didn't invent this concept by any means. It was just uh, n nobody was serving uh, the community that I live in, the west side, the beach cities, uh, in, in a way that served my needs. And I would see these nice cars driving around my neighborhood all the time. And I hear about people having trouble finding places to keep their stuff. And so I just thought that I could um, contribute to that uh, to that community a bit, and maybe uh, feed my family in the process, and possibly exit the gig economy if uh, we were so lucky, you know. And then, how many years ago is that now? We're talking about it. Uh, <laughs> well, 
I got kicked out of my free warehouse in April of 2015. <laughs> yeah. When I started hunting for properties and I bought this property in uh, August of 2016. So, I mean, even, it's a generous four years. It's a lot. It's been generous four years. Yeah. That we've been building here. And I was going to say in those generous four years that you've been given, I mean, obviously your building is quite incredible. And, and I do very much appreciate your updates on the inside of your building and the, the level of detail you're going into, but how difficult would you say it would be is, or in this case, building a building of that ilk of its kind in this current age here in Los Angeles? Well, it's a tough question because I've never built a normal building. So course, I can't yeah. say, well, I've, I can't say, you know, compared to the 10 apartment buildings I've built, this was that much harder. I could say it's the hardest thing I've ever done, yeah. personally. Uh, and my wife and I just bought a house uh, that we're planning to renovate a bit. And the plan for the home renovation probably intimidate a lot of people. But for me, I'm like, this? <laughs> This is nothing. This is no big deal. A, a floor, little snack. <laughs> floor and a kitchen. Come yeah. on. I mean, we don't have to build a road here. We don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to install public utilities uh, on our dime. No, it's really hard, man. It's, it's it's. I'm not. I'm not just like hamming it up to try and <laughs> talk other people out of doing this business. <laughs> um, and and I hope that if I get uh, the chance to expand my business, that I won't have to build every facility from scratch. That would be a proper, proper nightmare that I'm not really looking to, to get into. This one, because of where it is, and because it's such, it's because it's in Playa Vista, because the land is so expensive, because you have to make use of every single square inch, you have to go very vertical, and that, you know, that snowballs into all kinds of, oh, by the way, you have to do this, which means, oh, by the way, you have to do this, which means, oh, by the way, you have to do this, and yeah. That all starts with digging the basement. Digging the basement was was the number one thing that I had to do and the number one thing that caused a lot of, of, of the other snowballs because you can't, you need to have um, street accessible parking, even if you're building a parking lot, it turns mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Rules. Yeah. When I visited your place a couple of weeks ago, you were telling me how hard it was and specifically how the angle of that ramp had to be in order yeah. to get the, all the, you know, the, the high performance cars that you're, you deal with too. Well, so a lot of what drove my facility is regulation. You know, how can we fit as many of these quad stackers as possible in this space? And that is really difficult because you have minimum dry vial requirements and you have like the, the radius requirements. So you can't pull out of a spot against a wall without having room to, to make a radius turn that's a standardized um, size and it's stuff that you go you go wow there's a lot of empty space in the middle of here it's not this isn't quite as efficient as it could be and you go well it's it's legally to the inch as efficient as it could be um, but the but one of the the real problems with that is um, the underground level you know you have to have these certain radiuses and dry vials and such and you only have a certain amount of property to work with and a very important thing to me was the angles of the ramps so you're not scraping cars but 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 in order to get those angles 
ideally you would then have a very gentle ramp, but we didn't have the room for that. So in order to get the angles right, the ramp itself is like super steep, but the approaches are like really buttery smooth, like a roller coaster. <laughs> so you can't scrape, but going up and down it, you're like looking at the sky and you know, it's kind of, it's a little harrowing, um, but, but, but it's ultimately the safest for your car, believe it or not. Um, and, and they did allow me, even though everything was regulation driven, to make a few collector car specific choices, like the, the way the driveways and, and doors line up so you could pull a flatbed through, the way the detailing bay is and the drainage for that, the way that the ramp angles work, just stuff that's like owning a car in LA can be annoying for these reasons and how can we address them here. And, and fortunately, most of my ideas weren't like stupid expensive and like completely changing the game uh the a lot of a lot of things we are we did do were stupid expensive and changed the game but but they weren't really my ideas although actually i don't know if i can if you can see it in here i might have to take you guys downstairs and show you where i'm installing our permanent battery tender system right now oh, nice. um and take the, take the um, camera and walk us down there well i all right i will in a minute um but they're they're um they're these oh fucking whatever let's just do it um I know, I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, on the edge I'm, well what's gonna happen right now is hang on i have to unplug my microphone so oh. now is my sound super crappy because i'm on my laptop sounds it's good so you, you sound right. like smooth as silk all right Matt, well i also have like the super internet here so i can take you pretty much anywhere in the facility and have internet now there's love it. folks working I've also recently just updated my privacy policy so that I can do things like this and show customer cars. Great, because I couldn't take any pictures when I visited. I know, and I, that was, <laughs> I realized that that's really like shooting yourself in the foot in 2020. <laughs> so here is the main room. Yay, look at that thing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There's cars all over, and in the back we've got Derek doing a paint correction on a very low mile Buick GNX. Mm. Um, and uh, so behind me, we have a, a giant wall of cars. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things that we're doing here is I'll show you. It's not, like Matchbox come to life, man. Right. They're not yeah, fully awesome. connected yet, but I don't want to look at cords. So we got these beautiful custom constant tension reels so that mm. they, they keep tension on the cords and the battery tenders connect to the trays themselves. So they go mm. up and down <clears throat> with the trays. And that way you mm. don't have like something like this place has crazy attention to detail, but something I like really hate is like this. This drives me insane that right here, we've got these janky ass orange cords mm. that are <laughs> right. looking out for the battery tenders. Like right, that super right. sucks. Because yeah. you've got all this crazy, like, shit, right? This amazing, like, cathedral of light and cars. Yep. And then you've and got, you like, Home Depot orange <laughs> cords dangling. <laughs> so you don't, I mean, look, you don't want to, like, you want to look at this. This is, uh, that's ugly. You don't want to see that shit. So, so we're installing these, I mean, it's so expensive. Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, no one's stupid enough to do this but me. But, like, but the, these whole, these blue reels here, they're going to hide the cables behind the poles. Oh, sweet. And then that way you're not actually going to see any of it. And mm -hmm. it'll just go, it'll be, you know, and then you just plug 
the tender into the tray and then it moves up and down. You don't have to worry about things getting caught because God forbid you, you cut a, a, a power cable yeah. by not paying attention. It would really be a problem. Yeah. 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 So, you know, on this side, we've got more, lots and lots more cars. And, you know, there's a bunch of cars here. That's my new Ferrari. Yay. And so, um, you know, there's uh, a lot going on in here at any given time. So cars coming in, cars going out. If we talk about those power cables just for a second, uh, Matt, which I bet is a question you thought you'd never get asked that often, but is that something that was be you came to think about before you like opened it up, or is that a post thing? One of those things. Well, post? originally I thought when we bought the the stackers, I said, okay, how do we integrate power into the stackers, and integrating it into the stackers themselves was so complicated and annoying and not worth it that we determined that what we would do is wait until the stackers were done and then work around the stacker structure with our own power and our own setup which i think was the right move actually huh? but like who spends fifty thousand dollars on battery tenders? Like, I mean, that's the stupidest. Like, how? How? Who is like? I'm the dumbest person in the world to do this. Like, those reels, each of those. Like, I have thirty six of them. Like, five hundred bucks a pop. Like, what's wrong with me? I, I don't know what's what I'm doing. But like, I just want to have the best shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in the business of taking care of, you know. Good, good cars, you know, nice well, cars. And so. I will say on the other end of it, the flip side of the spectrum is, you know, we are actually sponsored by Optima. So mm -hmm. Optima gave us a hundred uh, battery tenders, which nice. is pretty awesome. That is yeah. awesome. So, so yeah, so we had to do the reels and we have to do the work to make those work. But the tenders themselves, every, every car on there is in there is on an Optima digital 400 tender, which is my, my favorite tender. And uh, they provided all of them, which is great. Well, it is now. <laughs> They've been, no, I've been using them for years. That's one of those, that's a really good, um, I love Optima, but like straight up, I was using that product and then I got them on board. That's Matt, you said, you them. mentioned this before. How many cars you got there? Well, uh, do, how many cars can we store or how many cars do I have? Both. Oh, no. uh, uh, all, all of the above. How many cars <laughs> do you store? How many cars do you have in there? There's uh, three of my cars are here okay. now. Uh, and, and that's pretty much all of mine that, that'll ever be here because we got we can keep two of the house also. But um, mm -hmm. uh, and we are our operating capacity is around 110 cars. 110. Our, our max max, meaning if all the aisles were full as well, mm -hmm. that would be 130 cars. I didn't take you guys to the underground level. We have a 40 car underground level as well. Taro was talking too. about the ramp. Yeah. Oh, that's where the ramp is. Huh? That's where the ramp is. Yeah. Where I just was, was the ground level. And then all of that craziness, all those racks, all those cars is, is over an open deck basement, which is where all the crazy engineering comes in. No one's ever done anything like that in a, in a seismic zone before. Yeah. I was going to say, how, is it, how thick is the concrete that's separating the basement from that area then? The deck, uh, it varies depending on where you are. Uh, it, the thinnest portion of it is 18 inches and the thickest portion is 31 inches. And there's a double rebar grid uh, made of number 18 rebar and that's 14 inches apart. And the rebar is an inch and a half thick. So it's, I mean, you can't, um, it's 
so heavy. This building is like we poured we poured 160 trucks. We poured 160 concrete oh trucks, uh, and we did 110 of them in 12 hours, which is pretty cool. That building will be the last thing standing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the big one is totaled. Come on is down. A, is a question of how much this thing cost you? Uh, a lot. Probably a lot. Yeah, okay. A lot. It costs a lot, but <laughs> it costs a lot. But it's a but it's a it's a very premium piece of land. It's yeah. a very premium building, and and we got a bunch of happy customers that that pay a premium price to be here, but they got smiles on their faces, you know. And that's the important thing. Yeah. Uh, and as your your own customer in there with three of your cars, and as we walk past one of them. Your new black Ferrari, how's it doing? Well, I've hit 500 miles since I bought it, which was Donnie Calloway's mandate to me before I bring it in for the first service. He says, I don't want to see it until it's done 500. So I, we did I, 500. Isn't Donnie still in Belgium right now or is he back? Yes. No, he gets back next week and I, oh, have, an, I have an appointment with him uh, for the following weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you have Donnie's schedule though. I'm glad you <laughs> Look, I try He's to keep on top of these things. Is that, <laughs> keep on top. Is that because, do you know that because his car is at the Peterson? Is that why you're, are you, or is that unrelated that you know Donnie's travel schedule? Oh, unrelated that I know Donnie. <laughs> he, kept, he keeps trying to get me to go over to Belgium and go and see his place out there. It looks awesome. He sent me pictures. Taro and, and Sam, do you guys have any idea who James is talking about? I don't. Donnie Calloway. Uh, Donnie Calloway is, is like my Ferrari uh, guy. My, my Lamborghini yeah. guy is. No Eric. relation to Reeves Calloway. No, no, no totally. No. I'm totally unrelated. They, unless they did time in prison together. Okay. I'm not <laughs> um, uh, Eric at GTO engineering. That's my Lambo guy. And Donnie Calloway is my Ferrari guy, especially for vintage Ferrari. And he's got, he's got this shop out in Lancaster mm. in a hangar at the airport. The airfield. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's, he lives in the shop. It's like, it's oh. kind of crazy. And it, it, you see, it seems like that it would be grimy, but then you, and it looks grimy when you approach. Well, as soon as um, you said Lancaster, I, right. I think grimy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, there's nothing in Lancaster that isn't well, grimy. Willow Springs is nearby. That's yeah. Right, right. And, but then you get there and his shop is, it's in this big hangar. It's very clean and very organized. His office is beautiful. And he's got an apartment above the shop that's like a proper wow. apartment with a balcony and like wow. it's like a full-on one bedroom that some i think some super baller built it and like to get away <laughs> from his wife or something it's like one of those kind of stories <laughs> right right and and it was like his you know his f shack you know yeah. back Hawk in the day or whatever. In yoga. Right. yeah 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 but like but donnie just lives in the spot and he's just you know he's chilling out there it's great for him because he actually can get work done no one's like popping in. No one's just stopping by to chat. You know, you can't even right. get within 200 yards of the place without like a special, you know, gate code. So, so to, to, it's nice to have a guy who can work on your car without yeah. having to do the pop in and bullshit. I have, I have a, you know, I, a lot of times here at Westside, I realize part of my job is the, uh, you know, the schmooze with the customers and be, be Mr. Car Guy, but, but we'd get a lot more done. <laughs> <laughs> well you're you're, you're you're a celebrity now matt so i mean you've got a schmooze a celebrity with a fucking excuse my my French on your on your friend family friendly channel but I'm, I'm a celebrity with a published address and phone number now at a shop where you could you oh, know, yeah. find me oh That's i know right. i know see i could I, I don't so i could diss uh, lancaster like i just did <laughs> okay but if you did they'd become i'm a hero from all of lancaster yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're gonna have a real problem with me out there 
Um, but how, how does it? How do those two Italian cars compare to each other? Then, I mean, what's the? What's your take on the difference between the two of them? Well, uh, can you tell us what what Ferrari and what Lamborghini we're talking about? I have a I have a Countach, uh, okay. a five thousand QV. It's an it's an eighty seven. Uh, excuse me, it's an eighty eight. It's an injected 88. car. Okay. And uh, uh, it's at the Peterson right now, and I wish it wasn't. When I told them they could have it for eight months, mm -hmm. I sort of assumed that people would be able to see it. <laughs> it's been at the oh, Peterson. I know. It's been oh, in a closed man. museum for four months. Mm -hmm. It stinks. Oh, yeah, yeah. And some That's people. Right. Uh, like maybe Donnie, uh, his Testarossa is in the same exhibit. <laughs> Some people now you're like, hey, free parking. All right, eight months. Get this thing out of my face for a little while. But me, like, I'm like, yo, I want to be driving this thing. If it's going to be in a museum, like, and people aren't like, I'm legit, like, James, you don't have to tell them this, but I'm legit, like, planning like a coup where I go in and, like, just be like, listen, I know that thing I signed said that you get this car for eight months, but, like, nobody's in here like what are we doing <laughs> like, Matt, <laughs> Matt, i'm happy to, i'm happy to help you out with security that's not a problem i can do like, that for you i mean really like I, you know i i'm you know i really just offered I, I like the peterson it's an honor to be displayed at the peterson it's the world's best car museum mm -hmm. but it's typically the world's best car museum when it's open <laughs> and, and it's like and we're not going in la like we're not going the direction of being more open anytime no, soon no no but no. like i could be driving it so anyway there's that and and so uh there's that and and then the ferrari is an 80 uh, 86 328 gts 328 um, yeah i'm a big fan of the 328 i always have been i like the shape i like i like the the classic lines of it um right between and, the 308 and the 348 so yeah indeed indeed and the three i've driven all of them the 308 is very pretty but very it's magnum slow. right magnum very people. slow yeah I'm, I'm i'm one of those folks that fortunately is able to mostly divorce my pop culture from my cars uh, and that was <laughs> very me, man. <laughs> i mean look i owned a delorean so exactly <laughs> you know, once you go into the back to the future land you know you really have to be like yeah, that's not going back in time. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Mo's yeah, eighty eight. Get over it. <laughs> and so, and then you know, I've also got this eighty seven nine eleven. And so, what's interesting is um, the Ferraris between the Porsche and the Lamborghini. I mean, as you would expect, it's it has a little bit of the Italian car uh, character, as you would call it. Character pretty much means you have to drive it for at least twenty minutes before it feels like it's supposed to feel. There's just a lot of oil and things to warm up. And the Lamborghini <laughs> is exactly the same way. Yeah. For the first 20 minutes, it's pretty clunky. And then it warms up and it's glorious. The problem is I live 4.1 miles from my shop. And that is not <laughs> enough minutes, time not enough or to distance <laughs> to warm the car up. So what I've been doing in the mornings, I, I drive like four or five extra exits. Driving around. No, I just, I overshoot it. I just oh, overshoot. Right. I overshoot the office by like four or five miles. And then I turn around and come back. And then by the time I get there, the car is fully warmed up. And I, this, that, I mentioned my wife and I just bought a house. Yo, it's like, not even two miles it's closer <laughs> i'm like i and, I'm, and you know and now i'm like wait this is my maybe a mistake you gotta <laughs> go the other way you gotta go down extra, south all this <laughs> extra driving like damn you, it. Gotta, you gotta visit tower every day before you head into the office i know but um 
But you know what? Uh, but the the Ferrari, look, it's it's twenty seven hundred pounds. It's two hundred and eighty horsepower. Right. You can zing the thing to redline over and over and over once it's warm. It's perfectly happy at five or six thousand RPM all day, and it's actually rather comfortable to sit in, even though it's kind of awkward to get in. And it's really nice. You get a ton of car for your money with one of those. You really get yeah. the authentic Ferrari experience. You can do all the maintenance with the engine still in the car. Not that I'm doing it myself, but it'll save me money ultimately yeah. uh, when Donnie gets in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, Donnie said he's been working on those cars for 30 years. He says he's never replaced the transmission. Not oh, really? once. Really? Not once mm-hmm. in 30 years has he ever replaced the 328 transmission. That's I mean, not even the G50 is that. No one, every, no Porsche McTank will tell you they've never blown a G50. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I've never heard of a car that's never blown a gearbox. But that's. Man, I was just going to say, is this Donnie like throwing down a gauntlet challenge to you? Is this what he's saying now, man? This is what he's saying. <laughs> he said he's never, he said he's never done it. He said, he said adjusting mm-hmm. the shift linkage and doing the fluid has always been enough to fix any transmission problem with a three series, a transverse engine Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure, whatever. Whatever you say, Donnie. He's, he's the expert, right? Yeah. And and my car, you know, it wasn't perfect, perfect. You know, every old Ferrari has five or six gram worth of shit you could fix. Yeah. Um, but it's all minor stuff. It's like the, the bonnet release is, is kind of busted, so you got to use the – it's like – it's little bullshit. I mean, I put 500 miles in the car. No problem. I drive the thing to New York right now. I, it's cool. It's good. Yeah, it's nice. I've driven that car, man. I've driven actually every car you, you know, those three cars you own. Yeah. And I think it's like in order, like uh, the Porsche is probably the easiest drive. It's, you yeah. know, the, then comes for in the Lamborghini, the Countach. When I drove that thing was a truck. You know, well, and heavy. you can't back up. It was hard to back up because you can't see. Of course. Yeah. You know, no, you if you look out the back, you yeah, know, if you look out the door. Like parallel parking and shit. And no, yeah, that thing. Yeah, I, no, I it's terrible. I, yeah. No, the Countach is obviously a special occasion type. Of it, it's car. an awesome car. I mean, I would love and, to own one too. So don't yeah, get and once you're once you're going forward, it's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's really good. Once you're right. you're, I mean, dude, I, I put I put about 7,500 kilometers on my Countach since I've owned it, and it is really, really good to drive. I'm not blowing smoke. Like, Oh, no, I, I know, I know. Great. It's just like it's at so slow great. speeds, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, slow but, speed, but honestly, the uh, the clutch on my Porsche was heavier and, and worse, and we just did a, really? a modification. Yeah, because I had some – Dude, I have some super, super sport light flywheel clutch combo ah, thing okay. that Lee put in. But what we just did, uh, Marco at TLG just did a um, upgraded clutch slave cylinder, which reduced the clutch effort by like half. It's fabulous. Absolutely nice. fabulous. So yeah. I can't recommend that. Mod enough. Yeah. And that way we kept the light flywheel and the, the powerful clutch assembly, but I can actually drive it in traffic without hating my life. Why don't you uh, wrench on any of your your cars? I know you. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't wrench either. Stinks. But why? Yeah, do, it sucks. I don't wrench either. But I love cars. But I don't wrench. What? What? You just don't like. Why getting don't I? I mean, I never. I mean, you know, a lot of people who started wrenching did so out of necessity, and they grew to love it, having completed some successful projects and developed a sense of accomplishment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I'm overgeneralizing obviously, but, but, but um, 
there's a little there's tinkerers and then there's people who wrench because they need to wrench and then that maybe turns into a love of it later um i was never that person i was always well aware that if i applied my skills at the thing that i was good at i could then earn money at a rate that was more than the wrenches were charging and that was that was good sense <laughs> and, and also like i'm i'm not um I, I, i'm not uh with small tools like i'm not very like i drop shit all the time i'm kind of a klutz mm-hmm. a little bit and so I, I don't i don't have that little that little tiny touch and the little attention to detail that is really required at that level to to work on a car properly and also every time i i've tried i've just hurt i've hurt myself whether it's <laughs> yeah that's me too. I mean, you smash something I, yeah i mean I, my I, back I, hurts or yeah. whatever i mean it, i always just hurt myself i was god this sucks. anything easy i try to do you know something super simple i make my hands are like just yeah like eaten up right and i do like don't i do the basics like i i can change oil and occasionally i will mm-hmm. i put my snow tires on my like i can do i could do i got a i got a flat tire yeah i'm putting the spare on and we're right. gone it's not that kind it's not yeah. like i can't do that i've done brake pads i've right. done i've done your your basics right but I installed a short throw shifter once myself, mm-hmm. but in, I didn't enjoy any of it. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to do it because you had to get it, is, it done. I, yeah, yeah, or because someone wanted me to for a video or whatever the hell, but like I didn't enjoy any of it. And given any opportunity, like, like, and also like, I, I know I'm not very good at it, so I don't trust myself. So I don't want to, I don't want to be the guy who is in, put in charge of putting this thing in and then be the guy who gets in that car and pushes it to its limit with Matt engineering behind whatever part that is. And so I would much rather have someone that I know knows how to do it right. So that when I go like this on the edge of a cliff, you know, I know that, that I'm not going to have a massive failure and die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't, I don't trust myself either. So um, yeah, I'll leave it to the pros. If you know that you then don't, then just let them, let the pros do it and you do Mm -hmm. your thing. And there's a lot of, I mean, I I think it's, as I've gotten older, I'm less susceptible to giving crap about it, but there are, there is a faction of people that will say that if you don't do your own wrench, Oh, they get very, very upset that Mm -hmm. you're somehow not a car guy. Right. Yeah. As if, as if Lewis Hamilton is wrenching, every weekend on his Veyrons or his Formula One car. And as if you could say Lewis Hamilton is not a car guy. You know what I mean? Like people have the thing they do. Or as if, you know, Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, who's driving vintage race cars at Laguna Seca, not the CEO, but he, whatever he is, up su- super soon. No, he, he's CEO now. Is Jim the CEO? Yep. He, he's the CEO he now. Well, CEO. That's so did you know that? Did you know, do you know who his uh, cousin is? Yeah, fucking yeah. Chris Farley. Chris you Farley can't is his cousin. That. You can't look at a picture of Jim. You can't unsee Chris Farley from a picture of him once you see it. Um, And I've met him several times. Wow, is he the CEO now? I'm out of the loop, but he he couldn't be any nicer. What a sweet man he is. A couple weeks ago, he was named CEO. That's so good. I'm so happy for him. What a sweet guy. He was at Toyota. You know, he was. Yeah. I, I, uh, (laughs) I met him at the 2010 Mustang GT launch. I went to, I attended the launch wearing a Ferrari shirt, unintentional (laughs) asshole move. Totally unintentional. (laughs) That's why they made that movie, man. That's the important thing. At least you stood out. (laughs) Unintentional asshole move for sure. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, no, you can definitely be a car guy and not wrench. Says but, Jim Farley. 
Oh, another question for him, sort of. Sam's the CEO of Ford. To segue it off into your new show that you're doing with another one of our guests, Rob Ferretti, uh, Sorted. Um, obviously, you're part. Of, you're one of the hosting team for that. Um, what your, was your take on the concept of having all these cars? I mean, the concept's great, but then seeing those cars from reality when those kind people brought them in to for you guys to do the the start the show and do the drive rounds and whatnot. Well, so my well, okay, let me back it up. The, the show Sorted is based on a couple of things. It's based on Rob Ferretti's Project Car Challenge that he did with the, the YouTuber Project Cars, which I participated in with my Fox body a couple of years ago. Um, based on that, and then also the utter cynicism of me driving people's modified cars, and they would refer to their own cars as being fully sorted. And of course, Frequently, these cars were not so sorted. I, I know so, that from some of your one-take videos. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, what is very interesting about people who have one car and only one car that they drive, <laughs> and I'm sure you guys can, can go back in, in your memory to when you only had one car to drive, but you, your muscle memory drives around the car's flaws, you know, maybe you've got a double clutch to get it back into first, or maybe you got to jiggle the steering wheel to do this, or maybe you got to hold the window switch and press the gas. To th I mean, you, you know, whatever it is, to me, a sorted car is a car where you just give someone the keys pretty much, and then you just walk away, and that car should really work as it's supposed to work. Um, and so um, I thought it, it would be in the granted this, this show was pretty much Rob's idea, but I, I, I thought that it would, it would be funny to find out, you know, literally not give me Rob or Amelia, any, any real instructions, let us drive the cars and figure them out. And then uh, let Tanner uh, see if they can hold up to the abuse of a, a proper driver. Um, and you find out some of the cars are, in fact, a little less sorted than they uh, claim to be. But also what happens is the cars that showed up, right? It doesn't matter if you plan this event a week before or three weeks before, or two months before, or six months before. Three out of ten cars are going to break the day before. It doesn't matter how much notice you give them. <laughs> Everybody's tinkering on the last day and a bunch of them is going to break something. So, so you end up having to scramble and find what I called understudy vehicles, um, which are vehicles that, that look great on paper, but maybe you can't totally vet them out first because you really need them because these cars have dropped out because they're broken. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's not so easy to make a tuner car show. It's really, especially when the cars are, are owned by individuals um, and in some cases modified by individuals. Um, and, and you don't have, um, not just that individuals can't make power or can't tune a car the way a shop can, but shops have trucks and trailers, you know, <laughs> shops are, don't like show, shops don't show up at the starting line and be like, I drove it here 21 hours from Ontario. Like what? You yeah. lunatic! Like, <laughs> is there a trunk full of meth? Like, what's going on? You know, like, um, <laughs> so it's just, uh, it was an adventure, and um, fortunately, I didn't personally break anything, which is um, handy. It's nice, right? If you didn't break someone right. else, especially when that person was there with their car, you wouldn't be nice to hand it back a little bit more broken. Tanner, Tanner didn't really break anything either. Tanner 
pushed the cars in terms of temperatures, I think, you know, in terms of, you know, look, a car. They've probably never been that pushed that far though, right? So, I mean, some maybe had, but a car that, a car that is designed to impress with your step with stats is probably not the same car that is designed to survive a 10 lap Florida, August time attack. (laughs) And so uh, in, we could have had cars that had a little less power, a little more, a little more track oriented, but they would have been a little less exciting to, to talk about. And Rob being Rob wanted cars that were more exciting to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we ended up with cars that had very big horsepower numbers, but in some case were not as uh, let's call it balanced as some <laughs> of the kind of cars that I might have personally chosen. Um, if it, if it was really about the competition and less about um, an on demand medium of, uh, you know, clickable clickableness. You know what cool. I mean? I mean that uh, that Viper, words, that Viper in particular was rather uh, horsepower focused, one might say. I mean, I think I just saw that break the record uh, for the twin turbo car on that racing channel, going or one of his cars in the quarter I mile. Wouldn't be the least bit shocked. I um, that that Viper on just a on a pure uh, G forces uh and 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 visceral experience i don't think i've ever driven anything that that pulled harder than that um we recorded a 60 to 150 in that car with a with a one of those draggies the data mm-hmm. logger things which are neat those things are cool we recorded a 60 to 150 of 5.05 seconds <laughs> which is Bat shit for a rear wheel drive car. It's I mean, insane that's, that fast. And the hundred, a uh, hundred to hundred and fifty was two point eight three. <laughs> that's dangerous. Sam, is, is how, was, how does that compare with your um, speed record times? Uh, I don't know. We never really, um, um, you know, put the data on it. I mean, I just had to get over two hundred miles. Two hundred. Yeah, yeah. So, and I had this five thing, miles to do it. So this thing was seeing, you know, it. it we had we rented Miami Homestead for for one of the the shoots, and this thing was seeing in between the banked corners at Homestead like 190 miles an hour each time. Oh god, it was fucking crazy. <laughs> it was really really crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. I mean, some of those, you know, Viper. The Viper is a, if you want to make a lot of power, a Viper is a good platform. You know, that block is a big heavy truck block and it's a truck engine yeah yeah and you can you put two big turbos on it yeah it was two turbos and a stroker crank it was stroked to nine liters (laughs) (laughs) yeah yo but even at at nine liters though it was making like 110 horsepower per liter yeah it's incredible god no no i'm sorry 210 excuse me 210 horsepower per liter at nine liters 2000 horsepower oh god <laughs> yeah, and i think i think they have that was they've got another car that's a 26 horsepower that they can turn it up to by that same builder yeah i mean i would and that's uh, why you dated the 2000 when you've got the 2700 for race day right though you know if you actually you that up you know, that's the it's, thing. 
it hooked up. I mean, not in a quarter mile from a dig. You're not. You'll explode the the differential. That's a, that's a like a roll racing. You know that thing is a it's a highway highway pull and a and a and a standing mile or half mile car. A parachute. But a, yeah, you need a parachute on it. But it's an ACR, so the, with the downforce, uh-huh. right. it, there's it really does a lot of kind of this. Did it have a parachute on it? Uh, it didn't when he at, in our shoot, but it, oh, okay. they they have one. They, they have run. one for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. For runway events, it has to run a parachute. But um, it was <laughs> it was a real good time. <laughs> wow. to, I mean, it was also like you know kind of terrible, you know, and, and <laughs> good and terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of you know it's clunky a little bit, and and it doesn't hook up until fourth. But when you get to when you get to fourth, <laughs> fourth gear is really really something something crazy in that car. Can we say that's one of the coolest cars you've driven, or the coolest cars you've driven in the last few months? Well, certainly one of the most extreme. Um, I, I you know I, I think I think as far as modified cars go, that's that's pretty pretty extreme um some of the other cars that we drove for sorted were really fun though i mean there was this rs3 it was making 900 horsepower that was great fun um uh you know there was this is 300 that revs in 9500 rpm that was pretty cool oh um yeah there's a uh 2.5 rs uh subaru with like 700 horsepower you know, just bananas kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was fun. It was, it was really, really fun. And, and, and the cars were certainly interesting. Mm-hmm. The most, the craziest thing I've driven extensively recently is the, the seven, six, five McLaren, which I can't believe they just sell that to people. That's nuts. Um, that thing was spinning the tires at 90 to hundred miles an hour. And that's just, a, you, oh you just show up with money and buy that. I mean, that's not, that's not some, you know, with a Calvo car, you, <laughs> You don't just go show up at Calvo. It's like you, you know, you work your way up to something like that, and 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 they take you for a ride. And are you sure you want this? You know, you have to sign waivers and all this crazy stuff. And and with McLaren, you just you could lease that thing, and you wow. can't believe how fast it goes. That just reminds me of uh, Kenji Sumino from Gretti. Last week, he was telling us he was going down Hawthorne in his his uh, automatic Civic, and he wanted to <laughs> do the second gear. Your uh, scratch, so he was like, "Oh no!" Put, putting his automatic, smash it in neutral, smash it yeah. in neutral, and back in the second, just so he can, you know, do the work. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, hilarious, Matt. Um, one of our, I just want to ask you this: one of, well, two of my friends in Japan, they started this company called uh, Built by Legends. Uh huh. It's a JDM Restomod brand. And we've we've okay. talked about this in uh, in our. In I'm our show. looking it up right now. Yeah, look built look up by. look up built by legends. Okay. It's like singer for Japanese. Uh, yeah, it's JDM basically cars, like you know? singer. You know that that's kind of their model, right? I mean, they they thought these '90s like GTRs or '90s cars. Yeah. Oh, so wow. the first one they did is the R32 GTR, and they're using modern technology upgrades on an R32 GTR. Oh, what what modern technology upgrades? Carbon fiber, you know, okay. clean, you know, cleaning everything up. There's a video out there. Uh, we're going to be doing a video. The website, soon. their website is horrific. Yeah, that's why you go to the Instagram. Oh, the just Instagram. go to the just okay. go to the Instagram. <laughs> just go to the Instagram. <laughs> make, so make it easy for everyone, Matt. Because the car is not done yet. The problem is that the car is not done yet, but it they're going to ship it here to the mm-hmm. U.S. And uh, I was personally asked that they want you to drive it when it oh, comes. Oh, sure. To, I'll yeah. have a go. 
Is it this um this it's white one white with one. the it's... mine script on it? Yeah, it's the white one. Bro, these wheels are these not Mustang Cobra R wheels? These wheels are Mustang so. Cobra R wheels. Aren't I don't they? think so. That no, would be pretty blasphemous. So. They look just like Cobra R wheels. These I don't white think wheels. So. They're cool, don't get me wrong, but they look yeah. like Cobra R's. How interesting. I'd love to have a go in this. I bet this is great. I bet it's great fun. Yeah, so it's interesting though, I've I've heard about, you know, other people um, doing kind of the the singer of, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so think, I wonder what get your take on the resto mods in general. Well, resto yeah. mods are great. I'm no problem with resto yeah. mods, but but the thing that singer does mm -hmm. that that I think using the sort of singer of phrasing doesn't apply as much is because the 911 shares the same basic tub and shape for like 30 years mm -hmm. you can mix and match the best of into something that collectively looks like simultaneously all the 911s and no individual 911 right mm -hmm. And so when a car comp, when a, an aftermarket shop decides to, let's call it, do a resto mod at a very high level, right? High, the highest level of resto modding that you can do. The way that that is not sing, the singer of is that they're probably not combining various details from all the generation. You know what I mean? There's, mm. They're not taking Hakoska's and R32's uh, you know, and putting them together in, in different ways. They're really just doing an amazing restoration uh, and modification of a, of a car. I at least the way I understand it. Yeah. Well, this uh, the mines one is you know they they specialize in art you know in GTRs. So I think right. they've been working on GTRs even before the R32s, and they've done up to the R35. So I think they have that kind of the, the cumulative you know. Uh, know-how i'm sure they have the cumulative yeah. know-how but the question is are are is are those those parts Transferable? from those yeah Transferable? i mean yeah, you know yeah. and, i'm thinking yeah, maybe r32 and 33 you know maybe at least 32 to 34 you know it's well, look in, right? in a singer you're talking about a chassis that's a 1991 to 94 with a body that looks like a 67 68 <laughs> an engine that's really right more like a 993 engine than anything else and then yeah. you know yeah, i don't think they are doing it to that extent so that so that's yeah. what i mean it's like i think it's it's i think it's a yeah. miss a miss like putting an rb engine into a hakoska or something right. like which that, would right? be which yeah. would be badass and would I, be cool, I would be yeah. i would be about that i'd yeah. be pro that uh like uh like sun kang and his 240 with that rb in it that's yeah. pretty cool yeah, yeah. So I, and I, I'm, I'm into this. I'd love to have a go. I'd like to see what they're doing. I yeah. just drove, um, I was over at Sean's place, um, mm -hmm. had a go in a, in an R33 that Rutledge had, had bought. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. It was, which yeah. It was a really nice car, yeah, but we, he also had that, um, garage Saurus car. Have you seen that thing? Mm -mm. That's the uh, garage Saurus, I guess is a well-known garage in, in Japan. Japan. Sure you guys yeah. know, yeah. yeah. So they had an R32 and it was like 500 to the tires with a sequential gearbox in it. Oh God. Oh, it was Good. fun as hell. I had oh, a man. go in it and it was just, just all the right sounds. I mean, just all the all the right sounds. It was that must so be good. a new one. I haven't seen that yet. It was good. I mean, this was like I don't know, three weeks ago. Maybe he did sell it, but it was kick ass. It was yeah. Great when one. we had Rutledge on the show, we surprised him because he hadn't seen the car yet. So we had 
Sean call in with his phone and walk around that. That's a beautiful car. That's the midnight purple. It is a very nice 32. car. Yeah, yeah, it's a very nice car. Yeah, Rare, air, air conditioning yeah. works too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I drove it. It drove great. I really enjoyed driving it. What uh, modifications were done on this on that car, though? Uh, basics like really? coilovers, tires, and uh, actually Magnaflow made an exhaust for it. Oh yeah, and I was surprised that, at how how nice a job they did. I mean, not that they're not good at making exhaust, but I'd never heard them do a Skyline one before, and mm-hmm. they they nailed it. It didn't drone or anything. It had a really nice tone to it. They did a good job. So, man, uh, we know that you are a big watch guy, too. Uh, looks like, what do you have, a Panerai on your wrist right this now? This is a, no, Weiss. Oh, I couldn't see That's it. Weiss. That's Weiss. Ah, uh, my friend Cameron Weiss uh, made that. That's a one-of-one one Bugatti oh. French French Racing Blue. Oh, sweet. Uh, it's an American-issue field watch made by the Weiss Watch Company, uh, formerly of Los Angeles. They just moved to Nashville. To set up their new okay. their new factory in Nashville, but a lot of a lot of a lot of companies are leaving LA. So are I know. Well, California, if, so. if you're making watches, uh, you know, at doing actual manufacturing, this is a very expensive place to be for sure. Yeah, that's um, true. And Cameron, I don't know if you know about Weiss watches, but Cameron is like 33 years old and and didn't just design and manufacture the watch, but designs and manufactures every component in the watch. No so kidding. This oh, wow, is not, really? it's not like an Etta movement or anything no, like that. It's his, his, it's is, his own movement. This is oh. his own movement. Wow. Highly wow, decorated. Crazy. And I don't know Beautiful. if you can see on the camera, but on the very bottom, it says number one. So okay. it says, Ooh, you got the first so edition. Mine is the only, this is the only one in, in French racing blue, but this is his caliber 1003 hand wound uh, movement. And it's quite nice. And he has an automatic movement as well uh, in a mm. smaller, uh, smaller size. So uh, I love this watch. It's a very cool watch. It's nice that very cool. So nice that, like, one. My friend and, made it for and me. Cameron and, has some nice cars as well. Yeah, they've got he, Cameron's cards. Did you did you see them? They're here. I mean, yeah, yeah. His his uh his Land Rover and his Volkswagen are on the racks here. Uh, eventually, when they figure out what they're gonna do with them down there, we're gonna mm-hmm. ship them. That's one of the things that we do here at Westside. Is we when people are moving, we'll store their cars for a couple of weeks and then ship them. You know, wherever they need to go. Yeah. Uh, nice, James. That's cool. Look, I try and bring it up because uh, yeah. I really guy. like that that photo, the middle one, the light colored dial with the skeleton hands. Those yeah. are very cool. Yeah, that's How many nice. different styles does he is he uh, does he have out right now? They have three or four different watches, and yeah, there's models. a couple different colored dials for each watch. They're um, very classy looking. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic Ice. field watch. Yeah, they're very nice nice pieces. They're about uh, they range from like fifteen hundred to three or four thousand bucks. Oh, so well. Uh, fine watches and it's kind of reasonable the, yeah they're yeah. at the entry level of fine watch fine, making yeah. yes yeah. for sure for sure i'm i'm either i you know and and 100 made in up until recently california so yeah but u.s right all american yeah made. oh yeah yeah american parts american american made everything really truly Very made cool. in america yeah there's only two companies um weiss and rgm and mm-hmm. RGM watch company that are uh, truly making all their watches and componentry in, in America. Mm. RGM is so sick. They're in Pennsylvania and they are very, very expensive. And mm. they offer a lot of really interesting ways to customize your watches. Like they're pretty much the only company other than like 
haddock where you can actually get a custom movement. You go, no, I want well, this type yeah. of escapement. Well, this type, it's really, cost really you like thirty to a hundred thousand bucks. So, yeah, it's not quite that much. I think you can get into them starting at like fifteen, and and the meat of it is around twenty-five or thirty. Mm-hmm. You're right, but they get. I mean, we're we're yeah, no, we're, in, we're in the we're in the stratosphere right now. Yeah. You know, deep in the five figures for watches. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a disease. It's a disease. Uh, I'll tell you what. Once you have the watch. Uh, it's easier to keep it than the car. You don't have to. You don't have to have it professionally detailed, and uh, and and you can bring it into the bar with you. Um, can you see this yeah. one? I can't, hang on. I have to zoom in the screen. I I can't. Hang on. Let me let me full screen you. If we stop the share. Oh, oh, it's Explorer Two with the fat hands. You're a man of taste. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one of those as well, and I wear it all the time. It's probably my yeah. most worn watch. White or blackface? Blackface, and yeah. it's, I know it's bad to say blackface in twenty. Well, no, you not not when we're talking about watching. <laughs> no, I actually, you want to hear yeah. something really gluttonous and gratuitous? Is when I fell in love with the Explorer Two, my friend Chef Carl Ruiz. I was wearing a, a Batman GMT. Oh, I got one of those too. I have one of those, and he goes, he goes, that is the wrong watch for you. He wow. goes, the case cool. is the the case is the wrong size for you. It's the wrong. Yeah, it is small. Yeah. The hands aren't right. He goes, you need to be wearing. An Explorer Two Mark Two with the fat yeah, hands. Yeah, the new one. Yeah, and it's, it's the biggest and, watch I think Rolex makes. You know, buy it for dollars. Yeah, and Chef Carl, he he passed away two years ago, but he lives above my desk over there. The portrait of Carl. Oh, okay, I see. It says, oh, it says see. don't trust your own taste. Chances are you have none. And so that's that's the Carl line. And so he he convinced me, and the the Batman was up. It was up in the market. So I traded the batman for two explorers a black and a white oh and i okay. said okay we're gonna we're gonna keep have these two and in a year i'm gonna see which one i've worn more and i'll sell the other one and black one always bet on black black one and so i sold the white one and they had both gone up again so i i really came up on that batman purchase that was a good one good for you nice. I, I, yeah i explorer two is like you know i mean i remember steve McQueen wearing it and mm-hmm. uh, before they came out with this I was thinking maybe I should just buy a used one because I didn't like the one the one before this you know it was smaller at the yeah, right the, it wasn't yeah, really orange, you know the dial, yeah. so but then they came up with this so I said oh the perfect. one you have is the right one it's the exact same one I've got that's a buy and hold why I like I got a big eight inch wrist and so I like it because it's yeah, 42 it big diameter it's but it's thin it's not it's not thick and chunky so you can wear it under long sleeves it's nice mm-hmm. You're a man of taste, Sam. Thank you. You too, man. Not many people say that about Sam, man. No, no, many especially James. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. Awesome. And then, uh, man, I had a very, very tough question for you now, as I'm going to bring it up here. We talk about this. We haven't really uh, shown too much of it. But obviously, we look here at your wonderful West Side storage, but we look at the original site of the, the smoking tire here with you looking great. Mm-hmm. But... If we cast over here to the Smoking Tire podcast on YouTube, you have three <laughs> guests now in front of you that have all been on your show. So the question is, which is your favorite pod speed on your show? Is it Taro? Is it Sam? Or is it myself? Well, uh, I'll be totally honest. My favorite one is whichever one has the highest numbers. Well, that's what we thought as well, because that is where the people have spoken. 
And Taro takes Taro that crown. Did I, did I win? Taro, did I, I think uh, Taro might have won. You know, you know, the, you know, my my followers, uh, they're not really into social media stuff. They're not you into know? the internet. They're a little older. <laughs> they're, they're a little older. The internet, dude. If this was like Paper Magazine, I would have won. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. If we were selling magazines, yeah, like, Sam, you, know, you would have blown. Where, where are the numbers? The apprentice. Yeah. Whoever whoever hits the hardest. I Yo, most recently, dead now. dude, I had Sung Kang on the show like two weeks ago. He smashed everybody. So oh, yeah. Well, we, we, he's, been a, raised. he's a movie star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we had him on like a week before or like two weeks ago too. Mm-hmm. And he's, he smashed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> he smashed yeah. everybody. He was a great interview. He would not, I had never met him before. And, and I got guy. his number from Larry Chin oh. and, uh, he was so like just chill, yeah, humble, he's chill. He's, yeah. real he's awesome. enthusiast. He yeah, was he's real. He he says what's on his mind. He's, yeah, he's he so great. laid back. You worried he's gonna fall over? Yeah, it was great. Um, I gotta I gotta go back to work, you guys. I got a shop to run today. Is that all right? My kid. Yeah. Oh, we have, early? We'll we'll, we'll, let, one we'll let you go in one one second. Sam's got something to show you, and we just want your opinion on that, all and right. we'll let you go. No, it's cool. Oh, yeah, really? my my master detailer was at my door going there. Well, this is, this, right. I don't know how short this is going to be, Matt. So just all right. Well, what do you got? Let's go. All right. Well, uh, this is our scoop section uh, segment of the show, and uh, I get some information from some of our spies over in uh, Japan that are snooping around. Uh, and uh, we mentioned in our last episode uh, this, that this Nissan skyline, is, huh? Mm. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no. We mentioned in our last episode. Oh, the skyline is what we covered last episode. But Nissan has uh, put back on some of the projects that were uh, shelved after the Carlos Ghosn affair, uh, the whole, you know, born identity kind of thing that uh, yeah. happened with Carlos Ghosn. And our otaku spies are saying that there's an indication that one of them is a return to the uh, to offering a compact sports car in its lineup. Uh, and yes, uh, we are billing this as the return of the Nissan Silvia, or 240SX, as it's called here. It's a very popular car, popular drift car. And if what we're hearing is true, then this means that the car should be ready sometime in 2025. But uh, don't expect the same Sylvia as before. Uh, the car will be smaller and it won't be totally gasoline powered, at least not from what we're hearing. Because uh, if such an offer, uh, if such a car were offered by Nissan uh, in 2025, there will definitely be electrification involved. Uh, after all, this is the uh, company that builds the LEAF, right? Uh, the first mass produced EV in history. Um, However, that said, Nissan might be thinking of taking a page out of Tesla's book, uh, seeing how Tesla, whose uh, stock is just keeps going through the roof, which I just don't understand. But they're, you know, I think they're valued more than Toyota now, right? So seeing how Tesla has pretty much wrestled the quintessential EV maker uh, identity from Nissan, uh, uh, Nissan looks like it's hoping to capitalize on how Tesla has turned EVs from boring, like a boring, you know, uh, everyday car, mom's car, or whatever to uh, something with, uh, you know, something with sport performance, excitement. And uh, as of January uh, to May this year, 2020, this COVID stricken year, Tesla ranked number one in EV sales with about 128,000 units sold, while Nissan came in 11th with, 200, with 20, uh, 22,000 units. So they've really sunk uh, Nissan's, uh, you know, even though they were billing themselves as the revolutionary EV maker. So. Seeing how uh, Elon Musk and uh, Tesla has uh, marketed the Model 3, uh, Nissan uh, would be smart. And I think the executive is thinking, hey, we should uh, 
offer a sporty EV in our lineup and get some of that, get some of our EV mojo back, right? So then enter the new reimagined Sylvia. So just to remind you, uh, a new Sylvia-like concept, I think you guys probably all remember this because it wasn't that long ago, uh, made an appearance uh, at the 2013, I think it was the Tokyo Auto Show. IDX. Uh, was it yeah. the IDX? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. See, you guys do remember it. So yeah, the IDX. The, and it, the Levi interior. If I yeah. Believe. Well, yeah. yeah. But the, the car really sparked interest from all enthusiasts, I think, including you guys. And uh, some saying it was a new 510, kind of a new version 510. But if you look at it closely, it's closer to the original 1964 Sylvia, you know, the original one. That was a. Uh, this was at the Peterson, too, by the way. Yes, it was. That yeah. Sylvia, that exact yeah. one, right? The green one, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, and it looks more like the uh, Sylvia than the 510 because of the coupe style body, right? And the original Sylvia, you know, the car that we saw at the Peterson, uh, was styled by famed designer of the BMW 507. I think we all know that, right? The Albrecht von Gertz. And yeah. uh, as you can see here, the two cars kind of look all right, right? The IDX and the Sylvia. Uh, unfortunately, the last, uh, the last we saw the IDX, that was the last we saw the IDX because Presumably the per the project was abandoned, which was which was I think a really big, a mistake because it it did it, it was so so exciting and it did kind of uh, got got a lot of people excited. But uh, our Takus are saying, hey, this project might be back on, and instead of you know that IDX coming out as the new 510, it will be coming out as a new Sylvia. Um, let's get so Matt's let's get Matt's uh, opinion on it on it first, and then we can we got to let him go. Oh, okay, go ahead, Matt. What do you think? Do uh, does Nissan should Nissan bring back the 240SX, the Sylvia, rear drive sports car, or maybe all wheel drive sports car? Hybrid. Uh, It'll probably be well, hybrid. certainly not hybrid. Hybrid would be uh, terrible. It'll probably idea. be hybrid. I mean, if anyone cannot execute that well, it would be Nissan. Uh, the problem with Nissan is they've been bottom feeding for years. Uh, they really are selling terrible cars to customers with really bad credit. And that's pretty much their business model. Uh, and so, well, I'm sorry, but that's what it is. Have you driven a Nissan recently? They're not good. And so I am, I don't believe that they have what it takes uh, to build a car that ticks those boxes right now. Now I could, maybe this new Z Right. My mind. Say, what about Maybe. the new Z? Well, I don't know. The new Z is a concept right now. The new Z isn't like a production car I can drive. So I'll let you know when I drive it. But but um, it would be nice, but it's not like, you know, the, the Subaru and Toyota had to get together. These two companies that are doing very well couldn't justify building a compact rear drive sports car on their own. Yeah. Uh, BMW and Toyota couldn't justify building a mid-priced rear drive sports car on their own. Mm -hmm. So who's going to go have these with Nissan on this? Uh, because Nissan is not going to be able to do it on their own. Unless it's unless they plan on building junk, which maybe they do. They've been building junk. They might as well could keep going. Oh, man. There goes our Nissan sponsorship, Carl. <laughs> they don't sponsor <laughs> us. Hey, but the Z looked good, though. It did. I'm, I'm uh, it looking did. forward to the Z. It looked good. Yeah, yeah. it looked good. Well, and usually when they come out with a new, like when they came out with the 370Z a decade ago, it was good. Mm -hmm. You know, when they came out with the GTR a decade plus ago, it was good. It's just that they leave these fruits on the vine until they are withered and dried. Well, that's why they're, uh, it looks like they're trying to get back on track. Get so the mojo back. Let's, hope, 
yeah, let's hope, let's hope. Because they used to, you know, make exciting cars, so. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Nissan in the 90s ruled. Yeah, yeah exactly. Everything they made in the 90s was awesome. Yeah. Hard bodies all the way up to Skylines. It was all great. Yeah, 300ZX. Uh, bro, where's the, where's the Maxima SEs, bro? Where's the white dials? Where's yeah. the Maxima Oh, yeah, SEs? I love the white dials, right? Chirping the front tires through three gears. Where are they the all going? engine, yeah. I remember all that. gone. Exactly. All right, Matt. Hey, buddy, get back to work. Thanks, Thanks for having me. I'm sorry I have to Thanks, go back buddy. to work. Oh, no problem. Nice to oh, join thank you, guys. you so much, Matt. No, no. Thanks for the time. tour, too. Go listen to the Smoking Tire podcast. And if you're in LA and Absolutely. you want to keep Smoking your car tire. at my okay. cool place, WCCS.com. Awesome. Thank Thanks, Matt. Talk to you. Thanks, Bye, man. guys. All have right. a great Bye. day. See ya. Bye. Okay, so can I continue then? Yes. Okay, so back to the future, Sylvia. So uh, when this car comes out, guys, it'll probably use e power, uh, even though Matt is not a big hybrid guy well we've been and, talking about this forever right i mean and be should built, performance cars be hybrids yeah yes well no? and it'll be built on an existing probably it'll probably be built on an existing front wheel drive uh front wheel drive front engine platform an ff platform uh which will be adapted for e-power so uh what front, is e-power i front, have a little uh, front engine front wheel drive no no that on a platform which will a be platform. adapted for this and this okay. is what e-power is thank you james for this so EPAR has, you know, which is the battery, uh, uh, not the battery, the gasoline engine, you know, um, it's a parallel hybrid. So the gasoline engine, all it does is power the battery. It does not power the wheels at all. So you don't, you get everything, all the good things about the EV without having the range anxiety, because um, if you put gasoline in the gasoline engine, it'll keep the battery charged at all times. So so that's what e-power is. And um, we're thinking that this might be the power plant that'll go into the new Sylvia. And, it can, and with this technology, the Sylvia could be either all wheel drive or even just rear wheel drive, you know, uh, just like how all, all the old Sylvias used to be. So they could still keep the uh, tradition of it being a uh, two-door uh, two rear drive sports car intact even with the new um, um drivetrain uh we have yet to confirm if the sylvia project has indeed been given the green line uh, but we hear there's um talk of it right now and under or behind closed doors over at uh in uh, uh where is it tokyo and atsugi uh, and if so the car won't make an appearance until yokohama 20, 20 oh i'm sorry yokohama now god what am i saying yeah yokohama 2025 at the earliest so uh, but it, when you're thinking about price, we're thinking it, they could try to bring it in in the low 30,000s, uh, which will undercut Tesla uh, Tesla 3 by about $5,000. So um, thoughts, guys? James? I mean, the, I don't see this happening anytime soon. If anything, it's just going to no, be we're a talking Sentra. five years out. A Sentra, if anything, it's going to be. It's not going to be a sports car. If they're going to have a sports car, it's going to be the... Proto Z stroke 400 Z, whatever you want to call it. This is going to be a Sentra and it's not going to look like this and it's not going to look like this either. What about the IDX? It's not going to look like the IDX at all. No, that's too bad. I, it's, it's going to look like a Sentra. I would really love <laughs> to see a, 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 a car that looks like the original Sylvia, you know, not like just like that, but you know, as daring as that was in its day. Well, the IDX, which is the IDX so, is, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, a modern so, take on it. 
that's what I, mean, I think. A I think modern it was an car English. will not wasn't, look like wasn't that, though. The IDX, uh, the, was it both done by the English designer, or was it just they're done by two different designers? I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't remember. I thought it was either. Yeah, I think it's an English design that was based, uh, that was at Nissan at the time here in Southern California, right, when he was doing it. Mm -hmm. So James says it's not going to happen, but would you like to see it happen? I mean, it'd be great to get another 240 car out there. I mean, everyone needs another uh, car for in 20 years' time for the drift tax to be put on. So, yeah, of exactly. course. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this, it just, it just seems that, I mean, I don't really think, of, I mean, how much you say it's going to be, Sam? Probably about 30 grand. Yeah. 30 grand. It'll, it'll be below the Z for sure. No, I, I just, I, as Matt said, I just can't see where they're going to find the money from to put two sports cars into production unless they basically say that the the Proto Z is just going to be an upgrade to the 370, which is still on that 12-year-old platform. And then this is just going to be taking that 12-year-old platform and just downsizing it with a smaller engine. And that's the same car. And it's going to be, this will be 17-year-old, 18-year-old platform now at this point. I mean, where's, okay. where, they're not gonna, where's the money coming from? I don't understand. Okay, Daryl? Well, the 240SX and 180 in Japan, they were kind of born because Japan was like in a bubble economy. I mean, Japan had just so much money at that time. So they, mm -hmm. like left and right, they were coming out with new concepts and they were letting designers and, you know, um, they were just letting their employees make cars that they wanted to, right? So some of those cars ended up being these iconic cars like like the sylvia um but i don't see it happening though you know that kind of concept is is uh that kind of like way of thinking to building cars is is gone now so i, I just don't don't see it coming i, I mean it's it, i think it's just a, a miracle that like the toyota you know gt 86 you know became was revived right i mean that that's because Toyota has has the means to do it, um, but well, they they you know they partnered with Subaru to do it too. Though. Yeah, and and they partnered with Subaru, obviously. Um, but unless Nissan partners with someone to uh, well, we haven't we don't know we haven't confirmed whether they are or they aren't. So just yeah. keep that in mind too. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. They, so who would unless, they be partnering with? Who well, the you know they've partners? they've they've had uh, working relations with Mercedes. Bands before. Um, well, this, I mean, Renault let's be honest. Well. This, this, this green. You know, they own Mitsubishi, which is no big deal. But, this, you know, I mean. The green rendering that we're seeing here looks very much like a, a slimmed down version of an AM, uh, Mercedes AMG GT. Mm -hmm. I could see that in this car. But yeah. that also is a significantly higher price point than sub $30,000. So I can't, even if they were to twin with a Mercedes, I can't see Mercedes Nissan coming in at sub thirty thousand dollars. I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And it, I mean, it, it, it not, I, hey, you, you, I, I just threw Mercedes Benz out there. I Look, mean, it could be I'm else. just saying these are, these are lovely renderings, both these green ones and these red ones. They're good-looking renderings. Um, if anyone was more likely, I think it'd be the more the red one we'd see come into fruition. I think the green one would be too much more expensive to produce uh, by looking at it. This one looks like it's a more viable option. They but you know, you know, James, these these renderings are kind of made with you know a little exaggeration in mind. Of course, of course. Yeah. But I just think that it's the red one seems more size and appropriate in proportion to what we saw on the IDX and the original Sylvia concept. Okay. Um, 
But I mean, it'd be great if it was to happen. You know, I'm all for more cars coming out, more sports cars coming out. I, unlike Matt, like the hybrid idea. I really enjoyed the time that I had with the RAV4 uh, Prime, which was the plug-in electric hybrid kind of combination. So, I mean, I think it's a great idea. The more technology, the better. But it's just, I, while I would like to see it, I just don't know how realistic it's going to be. Hopefully, Nissan can prove me wrong, and it's egg on my face. I think it overlaps uh, too much with the with the new Z too, though, in price and in like. Well, specs. but Sylvia always has, right? So that's I think that's the issue, right? That's that's. Well, I mean, that's that's why I think they're you know what we're hearing is that it's going to be quite a bit under the Z, right? Yeah. So you know, so if it does, and, Z, great, and, and, but... and the Z might may, might never become a hybrid, right? I just I just think it's oh, really yeah. hard to 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 get a car out there for sub thirty thousand dollars with what you'd expect and the, the volumes of cars you'd have to move at that price point and how yeah, good I, I totally those cars agree. are at this point. I just totally think it's agree. difficult. I but think you know, I mean, like I said, this thing, we don't even know if it's been greenlighted, but I mean, if it, even if it has, or there's rumblings, I mean, they're charting the, they're charting everything out right now, you know? So yeah. we don't know what form, what kind of, this is what we hear is being considered, but you know, like you said, maybe they'll just go, ah, uh, this is not going to make sense for us right now, especially if we don't have a partner to make it. So let's scrap it, you know. Or they I mean, might say, happen. "Screw it, we're gonna, we're gonna throw everything away and put everything in the, into this car." Who knows? Yeah, they might. Yeah, like I Who said, knows? we've we've been right before with a lot of this stuff where everyone says, "Oh no, that can't be happening," and boom, it does. It does. So thanks to your otaku, Sam. Hats always tipped off to them. Always like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, they are. I just wish they would get out of their rooms once or twice a little bit longer. But then, look, that's oh, what they're either out of, they're either in their rooms, or they're out spying. Shower they're, everyone. There's not, nothing in between. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they like spending time inside their rooms. <laughs> get out of their rooms and shower every once in a while would be. <laughs> no, nice they too. won't even shower. They hate showering, and they, uh, they take their meals inside their rooms. They don't like talking to other people, oh, especially God. the parents. So a pile of cup ramen in the corner of the room too. And just yeah, the messy room smells like crap. But they get <laughs> they get our the information. They get, they get information. the information for exactly. us that we really need. So we exactly. appreciate it. We Thanks appreciate your time. Time. But yes. we will see. This is a thing. Well, we will see. But it's uh, it's what we hear. And it's fun to talk about. So speaking of right. things you. that are that are fun to talk about, I thought we'd talk about the Formula One instance of the past week oh my nice. god it was like the most horrific thing i saw are you talking I about mean, the fire well we could talk i was gonna actually talk more so about the fun stuff first rather than the scary oh, okay. stuff okay so i was gonna say we'll just talk about the driver lineups for uh next year okay. ah, obviously yes. we've got some new people there we've got a, a returning name of, of a, yeah. a young mick schumacher joining the Haas team also we've still got the big what's happening at um Mercedes, is he or isn't he? Is Hamilton going to be there? I don't know. I is he going to be there? Who knows? Um, Alonso is coming back for Renault. Wow. So it's it's going to be on the other side. We've got a return for Aston Martin, this time with Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel. Ricardo's going to McLaren. Mm. Uh, oh, that's awesome. I, Vettel found a ride. Hopefully he could get his, you know, find his form back, man. Signs going to Ferrari, so it's going to be two young guns fighting it out at Ferrari. Uh, I mean, it's it looks really good. I mean, it's a great yeah, it season. does, it does. Um, are the cars going to? Are, I mean, how close are the cars going to be though? That's the that's the main right question. 
I think the problem we've got, Sam, is with Formula One cars that the engineering and the science behind it, those guys are just too smart. And the no, you can't, the tracks aren't long enough for them to overtake. And even then, mm. it's difficult for them to overtake. And the ones where you want to see the overtaking, the cars are too wide to do the overtaking anyway. Mm. So it's just, it's, I mean, it's just, there's too much science involved. The cars are so quick, so fast, brake so late. I mean, it's just, it is, it's just crazy, the science behind it. And speaking of that science, obviously, this young man here, Roman, had so, his... Uh, look at him. And that's him after the crash. I mean, he walked away from <laughs> this, is him, this is him today. This is out of the hospital. Oh, he just today? left the hospital today. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, and that's him with the guys that all the teams that the ones there's the doctor and the right. driver right. and the doctor on the right, the driver on the left who raced out there. And then um, I think we should go through. I think these they had it like this little video here. I don't, if I play it, I don't know if it's going to work, but uh, it shows you the two guys that came out and raced over to him that ran over the street with the fire extinguisher awesome. to go get mm -hmm. to him. Awesome. But so, what, I mean, what was the extent of his injuries? Just light burns like on his hands. 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 So he had the the extent of it was he had the burned hands and he had a burned foot. Mm. So I mean, the guy walked out of there. He ran out of that fire pit. I go, oh my god, he's walking away from it. That was crazy. crazy. So yeah, the car awesome. the car split in two. Yes, obviously. Oh my god, yeah. it was on on fire for thirty seconds. Um, the impact was fifty plus G's of impact oh. that he faced. Um, <laughs> G's. Thankfully, the halo system, it appears, saved his life. Everyone was kind of against it, umming and ahhing in 2018. I believe even we had a conversation about it, and I said, yes, they should go with it. I think it's a good idea. Sam, I think you thought you wanted to keep the open top racing, so if had your way, Romain would no longer be with us, unfortunately. But thankfully... I think you're putting words in my mouth, but... I'm just... It's his, but... <laughs> I don't I, think I said that, but it's... <laughs> the titanium safety device, the halo system, can hold 20 tons of pressure. Mm -hmm. which is as much as a double-decker bus. So I think it's a fantastic idea. But what was key, they think, that helped Romain get out was of his Alpine Stars racing boots. He had the Velcro variant. So he was able to un-Velcro mm -hmm. his boot, get his foot out, and that was how he was able to get out of the car. Oh, was his boot stuck and he had to, like, take his shoes off? One of his shoes. So when you see him get out of the car, he's only got one boot on. And they oh, wow. think that his shoe was stuck underneath the brake pedal and he couldn't uh, get it out. So I was able to get whip the Velcro off, get his foot out, and that's where I was able to get out. So they're going to relook into and see if they're just going to go to all Velcro boots for this reason. Alpine some drivers stars, a, man. Alpine some, stars. Some have the preference for the shoelaces as opposed to the Velcro, but it's but they, they might go and push for that. Wow. But um, I can't believe yeah. he got out on his own, though. I mean, if he would have been yeah, knocked he out. He ran out he, of the thing. Yeah, yeah he I mean, he out just of the fire. Was going, oh, my God. And, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. The incredible thing as well is they've made, actually made changes that were implemented this year into the fire safety. So the fire suits uh, were meant to go, uh, or the equipment varies depending on what part of the equipment is, but it's between, it's got to give 8 and 12 seconds of fire proofness mm. and then it's got to reduce the temperature at which the temperature rise which is the big thing they haven't been able to get too much on how long it can go for being fireproof but it's after that sec number of seconds how hot it gets on the inside is where they've made the big achievements so mm. that was another factor that uh, this year where they've been able to come in it certainly helped him from only to have the burns because it's only the back of his hands where the burns are mm. which is apparently like 
the, one of the most exposed places you can get mm. and on his foot where he lost his race boot that offered that extra protection. Yeah, well, I don't think we need to show that trash here, but if anyone wants to see it, I'm sure it's on YouTube. You know. Oh, it's on the it's on the uh, Formula One YouTube page. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all, all, it's all and they've got place. many many um, discussions of of how, or for example, as you can see, how the Groschen accident happened. I mean, it talks about it, but thankfully, he's out of hospital, walking away, and, and it's great to see. The amazing thing about that is that it's not like they were getting going like you know wheel to wheel and doing aggressive like fast driving. They were like coming out of a formation or something, right? I mean, wasn't it like they just well, had... he did. It was it was still going 130 miles an hour when he hit the thing. Oh, Sorry. was he going that fast? Okay, it didn't, yeah. it didn't look look that fast because I know still, like, nothing... coming out of uh, yeah. So know, like, he, the impact was around 130 miles an hour. Okay. So as you as you know from Di telling you what it's like to hit the wall at just almost eighty miles an hour when he hit it, I think the when this season in the Formula Drift. He's saying his neck still hurts to this day. Yeah, so that, and that's, that's been that's been months already. It's been like two months since he Yeah. So you can imagine almost double that speed and, and coming in and the uh, the fence splitting in two. Uh, well, it's just too horrifying to talk about. But the other positive thing to talk about is here as we look at these driver changes, is George Russell taking stepping up for Lewis Hamilton this weekend at the Grand Prix with him being after COVID mm -hmm. this week. That's right. So it'll be mm -hmm. interesting to see how George will do in the Mercedes and see if it's all the car or if it's all the driver and how good Hamilton is compared to the rest of the team. Is Lewis out with COVID? Yes, out with COVID. Oh, oh wow. Okay. So George Russell is stepping in because he is a Mercedes team driver, mm -hmm. but racing for Williams. Which is also interesting because Stefan Beldrom is not going to be stepping up, even though he's the third driver for Mercedes. Mm. They oh. passed over to get George in the car to see how George will do. Mm. Oh, interesting. Oh, he kind of got poor guy. Hosed. He got hosed <laughs> a little bit. But hey, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's racing. How it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. It's that is racing. Cool. But, well, thank you, James. Thanks, no. James. No, no, great. I mean, it's going to be an exciting week in Formula One. See all these things yeah. happening. Uh, be interesting to see how the drivers will drive without Hamilton there and see if it's going to make a big difference and see if anyone will stop thinking that Hamilton's just got it winning all these seasons because of his car. It's not because of his car. It's, I mean, it's both. The, the, the guy's a talent. I mean, I know, Sam, you put him in maybe the top 30 of your best Formula One oh, drivers of all time. No, no. Maybe he gets the top he's, 40 or 50. He's in the conversation as the best ever. He's in the, the conversation. Best. You're saying he might be as good as Ukyo Katayama. I understand that. You've got a bit of a bias. <laughs> Putting words in my mouth yet you again. You say Gary Suzuki's up there. Maybe Lewis could lace his boots, but who knows? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> And James was uh, actually, well, different conversation, but um, last week you had the RAV4, but you did not have a chance to drive it around before you yeah. talked to us. Now you had a week to drive it and you actually enjoyed it very much. Yeah, no, I actually, I thought, for example, Tara, for you, if you were able to put the, the surfboards in the back when they're a bit damp and don't mind that too much, mm -hmm. it was a great car. Yes. Um, it was very fast in a straight line at 302 horsepower. Um, it gave you 40 miles of plug-in electric uh, driving around town, which is very seamless and quiet. Most of the driving I did was always under electric power. Mm -hmm. The only time I went for a long road trip where I put 100 plus miles on the car for one day out uh, was when I was really driving on the electric on the both hybrid sort of setup. 
and it was really good. It was very nice and comfortable on the inside. Uh, it didn't have the best handling, one might say, but I'm not expecting a Toyota RAV4 to have it's a, it's the best SUV. handling. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a bit bouncy, but it was nice going over the curves. You don't mind it too much, or the road humps, I should say. And it was nice, but what was there was only two small detracting factors, I would say, to the car. One that I found already owning an electric vehicle is that when I'd plug the unit into charge, into the RAV4, it had locked. And so I'd have to always remember that I had my keys with me to unlock it so I could unplug it out. Otherwise, it was a bit of a pain of having to remember that. And then the other thing that I found really annoying, more so than anything else, was when you put it in reverse and it was driving obviously under electric power, it would have to emit a sound to everyone outside to let them know that you were there so you wouldn't run them over. And, does that, oh. Is that coming from like, it's an, a, it's a intentional sound, right? Yes. To let everybody around you know. Yes, that you're doing... yes. Yeah. But I, to be fair for me, I think it's your own fault to get run over by an electric car going in reverse. You should what, really be paying more attention and not what looking kind down of at sound, your phone or what looking kind of down at your keyboard make? like Sam is doing now. Nope. You're horrible. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of sound does it make when you're- I was looking for the sound uh, that it makes. So oh, it's, it's, it's in the interior, it's like uh, an eco sound. The dash is all green. It like, feels like soothing, like rainwater-esque. Outside, it just sounds like a howling banshee and it's very distressing and you have to like, be like, it's very piercing on the ears. I have to go back inside. So that wasn't so great. But in regards to the positives of the car, Obviously, it's one really good because you get in the 40 miles of range, so you could drive to and from work just charging it and having it there as, a, as the regular hybrid car on the weekend, so you can go those five, 600 miles if you need to, but you've got the 40-mile day-to-day. Um, a lot of space in the car. We made a trip to uh, Ikea in it to get some stuff, easily fit it all in, no problems at all. And you never left. Great. You never left. You're still in Ikea right exactly. now. Exactly. Right? I'm still right here in Ikea. <laughs> still doing the oh, is that one of the uh, display rooms there? Cool. It is. It is. So, I mean, I, I liked it. It was very comfortable. Um, I think the comfort level was almost in the case of Lexus. Um, it comes at wow. around $40,000 for the price, but then you get $7,500 back with the uh, electric vehicle with credits. So mm -hmm. that drops the price down to a much more reasonable 33, um, which is at a price of say a higher stacked like a uh, hybrid version. So I think that the, the Prime is a much better buy. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, it's so well, I think you're on a waiting list to get them. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're selling $10,000 over sticker price. If you walk into a dealership to try and buy mm -hmm. one now, which is usually what you talk about like supercars in regards to just a Toyota RAV4, um, they're gonna easily sell out the 5,000 units they're moving this year. They're expecting to make 20,000 next year. I think they should make more because they will sell more. Um, so I, I gave it a resounding thumbs up. I'd say this is a car that you want to look at for around 30 to 40,000 for anyone that's buying a new car. It's good for easy access, easy egress for kids, old people, lots of room. It's electric, it's hybrid. It's got a petrol engine as well. It's good, all around good car. Okay, good review. Nice. Look, I try and make it nice and easy. All right. Tara, what have you got for us? 156 units sold in 2020. RAV4. 156. End of thousand. February, though. Yeah, 156,000. Yeah. But that's, yeah. this is like, yeah, earlier this year. Yeah, yeah they're, making a, they're making a killing on with that. And car. the RAV4 is the biggest selling unit for Toyota. 
yeah, yeah. it's fast Camry and everything. Yeah. And the other, the other humorous thing is, is that the Rav4 Prime is actually faster than 60 miles an hour than the Toyota Camry TRD, their special edition. Wow, really? racing car. Yes, yes. So the only car quicker than it to 60 is the Toyota Supra. Damn. Yeah, that's impressive. Okay, what are we looking at, Carl? You are looking at uh, Daikoku Futo. Okay. James, what's uh, what's Daikoku Futo? It's the parking meet on a Friday. Is it Friday night? I can't even remember which night it's on. Yeah, I think it's uh, mainly oh, still on Friday nights. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I went once on a Friday, but I got there too early and didn't oh, get to see all the fun night. stuff. You're right. Oh, you got there. You've been there on, on yeah, a Friday but night. I went, I went early because everyone shows up late, but I had to catch my train, so I had to leave. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I this is like at 1 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah so exactly. I miss all the fun stuff, but I got, I've been there once. Yeah, it's a great, great place. Uh, Sam, have you ever been to Daikok Store on a Friday night? Uh, not a Friday night, no. Yeah, so th this is um, it's a great uh, you know, parking area, right? Like even like w when the car meets aren't happening, it's really cool. It's like right on the water actually. So when you're going around this loop, this is like the entrance and the exit to this parking area. It's inside the uh, Tokyo uh, Metropolitan, the Shuto, Shutoko, you call it, the, the highway uh, system. Um, and it's just a parking area where you basically it was made for you know folks to come and, and rest while they're on the on the on the freeway. Um, and on Friday nights, uh, as long as I can remember, even since I was like in school in college, uh, they had these crazy car meets. People like from every type of car club, they just say, "Hey, you know, daikokutone," and then they'll just like uh, gather up. And as you saw, like there, you know, the trucks all hang out near the truck areas. You know, the Lotuses are all around the Lotus areas. The Porsches have their own little section. The JDM cars, you know, with the GTRs and the minivans have their own section. It's just a really cool scene. And um, we just did a little feature on, uh, on a Daikok Futo, on, on two cars. Um, so this guy, uh, slammed his uh, Toyota Hilux uh, pickup truck um, and it's just it's just badass you know this he actually used to be a, a drift driver and so <laughs> that is a low that, that's a Hilux it's a Hilux oh it's a Hilux truck which has been stretched too so he's like stretched it out it's longer these than guys it. are nuts they're they're certifiably insane some of these yeah. guys and the crazy thing about this guy is that not only does he drive this pickup truck he goes drifting in it. <laughs> he goes drifting. Oh, in it's rear. If it's rear wheel drive. Yeah, and uh, he's he's got like super brakes on it. You know. I mean, I just and, like to see him late frame in that car as he's drifting it. Yeah, well, it's got air suspension, so he can adjust the height. Oh, I can guess what his favorite color is because his car is it, and he's wearing it too. Yeah, so the, he is a fan of a particular racing team. Uh, what is the name of the F1 team? Uh, the racing team that had this this color. Benetton? No, Benetton's more green. Not Benetton? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> the tower doesn't know the answer. Dude, you gotta you, you gotta know the answers <laughs> to the question you quiz us on. Holy I'm, cow. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, according to him. Um and the second guy is this one is even crazier. Let me try to fast forward this dude a little bit. There we go. Look at that. 
that is a R35 GTR engine. Mm -hmm. Wow. R oh. What car is that in? A Suzuki Mighty Boy. No idea. It is in a Toyota Hiace. Oh, the minivan or the van? The minivan. Yeah. It is in a Toyota well, I mean, minivan. Really? Look at that. You're thing. gonna do. You're gonna do. Go through all that trouble of getting to make that fit. And oh, these guys, they're crazy. Why would you? Why would you do that? Hey, but because you can, right? He did well, it himself. I, he did it himself. He put a GTR engine and and he he even like, look at that. I mean, it, this is crazy. He has like all of these like, he <laughs> anti lag like this is like race car stuff. He's he was telling us that he can control, like, anti lag. So when he goes out and drives his car around at night, he can throw flames out of his exhaust. <laughs> This is pretty crazy stuff. Look at this. Look at this guy go. I All do right. really, really like the stickers. I do miss the stickers on cars. I think they need to bring that fad back. More stickers on cars. More stickers, right? I mean, makes. I mean, I don't like it when they go across the windscreen. That's a bit much for me. But I do like the shopping list down okay, the side. So that I'm was my favorite. This guy crazy, and you know these guys are nuts. I mean, come on, man, get a hobby. But man, I'd like to drive that thing. Right. Right. <laughs> He's doing it because he can do it. Okay. Um, so. Actually, I have the answer for you guys for this. This is Leighton House. Remember? Oh, Leighton House. Yeah, Leighton House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's my first video. And this is our second video. So you guys have probably seen, maybe seen some of the pictures of this car around the internet. Uh, some other sites have also picked this car up. Um, it is the Toyota GR Yaris mm -hmm. drift car. Crazy. Yeah. This thing is crazy. This is the, the three-door version. Um, and it has 900 horsepower. <laughs> and it is driven by uh, her, this girl. Well, so we had Robbie go and, go and check this uh, car out. It's driven by, um, what's going on here? By Arisa Mizuhara, who is also Cusco's uh, drift drift driver so she's sponsored by Cusco to do both both rally and drifting so and she's just not a uh whatever you call it a uh um you know just a, hey a girl driver i mean she's she's got skills yes yes i've seen videos of her well obviously she, you can see her drifting here right mm -hmm. and i've seen some videos of her uh doing some rally as well and and, and for the rally she drives uh, a five-door version actually of mm. this the car looks very similar to this car as well but it's a five-door uh, version, um, and this one is a, is a three-door version, which has <laughs> 900 horsepower and has God, a, J, that, has a Jay-Z. Yeah, look at that. And it's all full of, you know, Cusco stuff. They really couldn't get into the, too much into the details because they're still developing this car for, mm. for competition. I think she's go, trying to get into Formula Drift Japan with this car. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and currently, uh, in the past, she's competed in um, the MSC challenge the mm. msc uh i don't know what it is but yeah it's it's like uh kind of like a more more of a grassroots type drifting competition mm. that uh the same guys that do formula drift japan run mm. so iwata-san runs runs both both uh competitions and like guys like orito and taniguchi like they they do the judging for that event 
Okay, and then the, these are both on, at gtchannel.com? They are both on GT Channel, so check mm -hmm. these videos out. Uh, they're on gtchannel.com, or uh, you can check them out on GT Channel's YouTube channel. Do we get to see her face without the mask? Does she you're you're going to have to wait until she appears on our podcast. podcast. Oh, good, I like that. A little in, teaser in trailer. <laughs> this, is a, this is a teaser, so if you want to... Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, see her face and uh, see her talk. Uh, she speaks she English speaks as well. English. She speaks awesome. English as well. So mm -hmm. we'll see her on the week of the 21st. So I think uh, the show will be live on the 22nd of December. That's our next show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 22nd is when we, yeah, when that's we broadcast, right? Yeah. That is our next yeah. show. Yes. So Cool. Okay. I think that's it for, that's it for me. That's it from you, Taro. That's it for me. Any parting thoughts, uh, James? No, oh, I'm just looking forward to it. The uh, No Breaking podcast is getting started. Recording start next week with it going back again live uh, weekly sessions happening the first week of January. So where, where are you back going, into that? Where are you awesome. going to be meeting these people under yeah, these lockdown rules? We're purple. It's getting it's getting more it's getting serious. Yeah, it's getting worse. I, see, uh, I had to. This is where the, the rub comes for me. I had to make some concessions, so it's actually going to be over the telephone. So I'm going to apologize to the listeners in that the fact the quality will, on the audio level will not be as good because I'm not able right. to record the high quality that I like to. I but I prefer to have content out there since I'm fit, healthy, and people have been asking for it. And there's people that want to get on the show to be heard. So I want to get those people out there as well. So it's like this. I feel like that uh, since the last one I did with the Toyota Times Tread Pass, all the builders there went so well, it'd be good to get back into it and have a few more of those people. That's awesome. There. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, okay. so I think I've got uh, Mitch Button, uh, Scotty, who has the Chuckles car. I've got uh, Mike from Stance Works coming on. And my first three, John Sibal is going to be on there. My first four people that are going to be coming back to do the show. Sweet. Awesome. Oh, so Sweet. it should be good. A nice okay, so no breaking is back at the uh, start of the year then, right? First, of first week of January will be going live. Perfect. Right. Okay, well, that's it from me. All right. Uh, uh, I'm still uh, waiting on my editor or one of the guy, Dan, to get my some of my copy back so I could get it to the publisher. But the uh, the, the novels are going pretty good. So. Talking about That's what we like which, to hear. Which, which uh, Dan are you talking about? Are you talking about our Dan? Frio. Oh, you're talking about our Dan? Okay, our Dan. Yeah, he's still, he's still he's taking his time with that. Hopefully, he listens to, he'll, he'll listen to this podcast. So. Okay, so anyways, all right. So we'll, we'll see you in uh, three weeks, right? So almost yeah. three weeks. So almost almost yeah. three weeks. Yeah. Two and a half All right. Weeks. So everyone, stay safe out there. Uh, yep. the COVID is not going away. It's getting worse. Uh, wear a mask, please. Wash and, your hands. Um, yeah, we need all the listeners we can get, so we don't want to lose any of you guys. So uh, wear a mask, and uh, <laughs> we'll alive. see you in yeah three weeks. See you later, guys. All, all right. right. See you, everyone. Bye bye. bye.